0: when people are loved and heard and valued and respected and know that they have a purpose on the planet they thrive
1: you're listening to the dare to be different podcast a podcast for people who want to live an extraordinary life on this week's episode joe sits down with licensed professional counselor michelle Croyle to talk about reframing your mindset enjoy so welcome to the Dare to Be Different podcast. My name's Joe Altieri. I am here today with a special guest. How are you today, Michelle? I'm doing fine, thanks Joe. I am so glad that you are here. I love being here. Your
0: your studio is amazing. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you so much. So the Dare to Be Different podcast is all about living an exceptional life. And we use five words that we think encompass that thought of an exceptional life and they are adventurous, honest, passionate, healthy and grateful. And for those of you that don't know, Michelle, you are a mental health expert. I guess is the best way that that I would yeah. use to describe. I'm a, I'm
0: a licensed professional counselor.
1: Licensed professional counselor. And a life coach. And yeah. a life coach. Yeah. And so you help people essentially overcome some things that they they might have going on in their in their minds that that limit what type of exceptional life they can have. Yeah, is that a, Is that a good way yeah, of describing? Yeah, we
0: get in our own, our own worst way. You know, <laughs> we, we get in the way in the worst ways. And so I help people navigate and get around it and um, kind of uh, just look at life differently. Often clients will say things like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And it's really a matter, the word I love to use all the time is reframe. Mm-hmm. So if we can reframe into a more helpful mindset, you, you can get some momentum going.
1: Well, that's fantastic and yeah. you know we've uh, you know Alicia and I you know do the the podcast together a lot of times and she's you know she's been very open about uh, her struggles with you know her her dad passing and, yeah. and the you know, the therapist that she uses and and it has been amazing just having that outside perspective you know giving some strategies of for overcoming the grief that she's going through and things like that that's so right. yeah um, I would love to know more about uh, you know, what you do and how, you know, just as a typical person, you know, that just like, you know, just wants to to have something, live a little bit better, you know, have a little bit better, um, self-talk, whatever those things are. Yeah. So like,
0: yeah, self-talk. give, me, yeah,
1: give yeah, me a little, okay. give me a little glimpse into your world. <laughs>
0: okay. So basically, um, no matter who comes through the door, my goal is to hear their heart rather than their, their mind or their um, circumstances. I, I, of course, listen to their, their mind and, uh, you know, their thoughts and their circumstances and what they feel they need. But what I'm really, I think, gifted at um, is listening to the heart underneath it all and pinpointing, okay, this is really the crux of it. It's coming out in this thought or this behavior, this thing that, that's getting in their way. That's not really it. We have to meet that underlying need. And if we can figure out... To meet that underlying need, their thoughts are going to be able to be different because they're going to realize that they're able to take steps that, kind of, um, I'm not talking prescription medication, sure. but kind of medicate what's actually going on. It's it's oftentimes more of things that have happened to them, hurts that they've had, things that they've been told about themselves that aren't true, and so the mindset and self talk is kind of overcoming. All of that crap that's been thrown at you in life, right? You know, and and clearing it out and going, is that really true, or did I just accept it as true? You know.
1: Wow, that's that's really. You said a lot there. (laughs) I I know, and and I realized
0: (laughs) I'm thinking in my head, going, "That's a lot." Let me pull it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So go for it. No, uh, well,
1: and so so let's just talk about the the negative self talk because that's uh, I think that you know, a lot of people that is the biggest obstacle in their life to to being happy. Um, to having true yes. joy. Yes. It's it's not necessarily outside circumstances. It's all of the, the things that rattle around in our in our brain. And I'm right. this is this is very true for me as well. Yeah. I oh, yeah. um we all have I'm it. the my my own worst critic <laughs> by far. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and, and and so it's like a strength and a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people who wanna do dare to be different things, you yeah. know, they have a desire and they have drive oftentimes, but they sometimes kind of derail themselves because of that negative self-talk. And so what we want to do is help them to go, wait a minute, let's actually take this one thought. If you can identify the negative thought that you're having or the thing that keeps plaguing you and you can really kind of isolate it and pull it out. That's like the one simple thing you can do is say, okay, you know what? Something has been bothering me. What? actually is this? Something's been like replaying in my mind negatively. What is this that, that is happening? And if you can play it into one or two statements mm-hmm. and then question, is that true? Or is that like an assumption? There are things called cognitive distortions. Mm-hmm. And that helps play into these bad self-talk things. Right. So for instance, um, I feel something, so it must be true. So I feel like a failure. It must be true. What, well, you know, it could, it could be you. And if you're having negative self-talk and we look at the things you've achieved in life, you have a successful family, you have this wonderful company, you have this podcast, you're not a failure. But right, if that's still playing in your mind, then if we isolate it and say, I am a failure, that's not completely accurate. We want to say, I feel like I'm failing, but I have evidence to say that I am you know, someone who perseveres, someone who has integrity, someone who has, you know, a desire to um, help other people. When you can reframe it, you gain that power, but you have to isolate it first.
1: That is so, Nicholas, you should go get the couch out of my office and I'll just put <laughs> it down here. I'll lay down and we could just record, you know, Michelle, you know, yeah, yeah helping me out. Cause I think, uh, no, that, but that just that by itself was, yeah. it was so profound. It really, really was, and and I, I understand that yeah. there's a lot that goes on, but but that's that's a lot of of what you do is, is try to isolate I, those, those yeah, things. Yeah, right? what I
0: try to do is take all this stuff that's overwhelming and complicated, and and it is, but it really can be narrowed down to basic human needs. You know, things like: am I safe? Am I heard? Am I respected? Am I valued? Am I significant? Those are the things that people really want to know and they really want to resonate with. When people are loved and heard and valued and respected and know that they have a purpose on the planet, they thrive. But it's in that safe environment. The problem is, right, that we can be both our worst critic and our, our best friend internally. Right. And so it's like all those things have to be there support wise outside, but inside, how can you be kinder to yourself? You know, y- you have to have self-compassion. And the word that comes up with clients so much for me, especially women, um, not excluding men, but especially sure. for women is grace. I'm like, have grace with yourself. Why are you being so hard on yourself? Mm-hmm. Would you talk like that to your best friend? If someone came to you with the same problem, would you treat them the way that, you know, you're doing inside your head? Would you please have grace with yourself? And, you know, I preaching to myself too, because I'm my I'm worst critic too.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny. I I find myself in this situation where like I say something dumb, right? (laughs) We all do it. We all say something. And then three days later, I'm like, I'm still obsessed with that. I'm like, I cannot believe I said that stupid thing. And the people that, that you said it to are they've Never had a second thought to it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm beating myself up over, yeah. over a situation that no yeah. one else in the world cares about.
0: Yeah. and so Okay, so do you want to do a little therapy? Just... Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. All right. All right. So, go, so go with that. Okay. Okay. So I want you to tell me, I said something stupid, right? And what is the self-talk that goes with I said something stupid? So try to look at your, your underlying emotion or feeling when you say that to yourself, what's underlying, what's in there?
1: Some, uh, probably insecurity is, okay. is probably the the big thing for, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, though, uh, you know, even though, you know, even though to your point, there's a lot of great things, yeah. things going on, I'm still human. yeah, Right. And, and I still have, um, you know, and it seems like the more, uh, the, the more successful the outside looks, the more I'm going, do I actually, you know, am I, am I worthy of, of, yeah. of this? You know, am I, am I actually doing the right things? Yeah. So then when something comes out where I'm like, see, you are an idiot. See, see, this, see what you just proved?
0: So what you're doing is you're like, my insecurities, because I'm human, um, I'm looking for information that reinforces that insecurity. In reality, you have all this other information over here that's reinforcing the truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's looking at it again, that reframe word, we want to look at, are you balancing it with, you know, kind of, um, an intentional design. So, you know, you want to intentionally go, okay, I am feeling right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, insecure and I'm a failure. That's okay because I'm human. And that's also the weakness that makes me stronger. It drives me to want to do well, but I'm not perfect. You know, there's only one who's perfect. And I tell people, I'm like, okay, there's one who's perfect. It's Jesus. You're not him. So we're already past that. Just get over, (laughs) just get over perfect, right? right? You you do not have to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Like, you know, coming in here today for the podcast, I like spilled my sweet tea from McDonald's on the way over, (laughs) you know, and I'm going you know i i i know years ago i would have been like oh crap i'm going to end up with this stain on my shirt or something and i thought you know what, if i end up with a stain on my shirt i'm going to go in and i'm going to tell joe hey i was a klutz and this happened like right it, it's kind of you can choose what to make those big deals out of and you can choose to tell yourself a different narrative that's that's what we call it in therapy is a different narrative a different story because we're constantly telling ourselves self-talk stories mm-hmm. and if you're continually telling yourself that, you know, I said something stupid for days, right? You wouldn't do, I mean, you know, you have grown kids. Would you do that to them? Like, right. oh, hey, you, you said a um, misstep, but, you know, something didn't go out right. Even me saying that, right? You said a misstep. How do you say a misstep? You do a misstep, right? right? Now, I'm not going to beat myself up over that. I'm going to go, okay, my thoughts were going faster than my mouth and my mouth caught up and I'm human and that's okay. So, you know, how would I talk? to my child? How would I talk to my spouse? How would I, you know, talk to somebody that I'm trying to um, encourage? And then do that to yourself intentionally to that thing that you've isolated that's been going through your mind. So it might sound something like, you know, where you say, oh man, I can't believe I said that. That just proves I'm I'm insecure and stupid. You know what? I did say that. And that doesn't change that I'm valuable. That doesn't change that I know what I'm doing a lot of the time. It doesn't change that I don't know what I'm doing some of the time either. I mean, it's just, you know, that's okay. Right. And when you can kind of do that, they call it in therapy again, radical acceptance. You just go, yeah, okay. Now what? You know, so what now what? Let's move on, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I think we just have to be more flexible in our thinking.
1: So I, I've, I've been uh, listening to a lot of people where they, they talk about um, humans have a negative negativity bias yes um and and is that something and 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 it seems like with social media with all those things that the negativity bias is actually growing and becoming more a part of our lives and and so the negativity bias, if i understand it correctly is that when we you know when we look at the world you know our um uh, our initial inclination is to uh, you know go to the things that could go wrong the, the or the things that are wrong, or why this won't do this, and, and those types yeah. of things. Yeah, um, Is that something that, that you see a lot?
0: Yeah, well, let me tell you, um, I, I do see it a lot, especially with people who are dealing with depression. Um, but it's kind of, I think where it comes from, and this is just my perspective, sure. I, have, I have a trauma training background. Um, recently, that's been really an area that I'm specializing in. And I really kind of think that it's, It's an adaptive learning thing, right? If we can look for the threats that are going to come, let me go back. We are programmed just naturally to survive, right? Because if we're not alive, we don't have any experience, right? So from the earliest moments, survival is the primary objective of our bodies, Mm -hmm. okay? So anything that presents a threat to that. Is going to be something that we take in is information, whether it's on a subconscious level or a rational level, you know. And we're going to go. I want to avoid that pain. Mm-hmm. I want to never be hurt over here. I never want to, um, you know, have to deal with that again. I will never be blindsided again. When you start to have always and never in there, it can often be a protective like mechanism trying to keep you to survive. That's fine. Like if there's a wild a bear sure. attacking you, yep. you're like, okay, I'm never going into the woods again without a shotgun or a yep. mace or I'm not going to go into
1: a dark cave Exactly. Again. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know, or the subway alone at right. two in the morning in New York City, you know, without something to, to protect myself. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when your brain then takes that survival mechanism and it tries to do it on things that are not life or death matters it gets in the way. So you might, try. I, like, I don't know the situation that led you to feel, oh gosh, you know, maybe it's an insecurity or a, um, a failure, but maybe, and just hypothetically, you know, maybe it's something like a coach sometimes singled someone out and was like in front of everybody. and was like, Hey, you know, can't you ever do anything right? You know, and that embarrassed them. So now they're like, I'm never going to say or do anything that could embarrass me again because it felt life-threatening. It felt like a separation from a relationship. It felt like, um, you know, something that was really insurmountable. And so they don't want that to ever happen again. So it kind of comes from a good spot. It Mm -hmm. comes from trying to keep yourself safe and trying to keep yourself in, um, in a state of, of being able to survive emotionally as well. But they're two separate systems. Survival, even if you survive, that doesn't mean that emotionally you're healthy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we try to like, um, protect. That's where the negativity bias comes from is, yeah, I think anyhow, that's just my hunch that we're looking at, um, you know, how can I make sure that I am as safe as possible going forward for what I'm trying to do?
1: Yeah. So, so us as Americans typically don't have life or death situations. It's just Right. You know, we live in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. <laughs> the The odds of yeah. me coming into a life and death situation are very, very small. Exactly. But my my body still wants to do that. We're 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 programmed for it. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, I have to do something with that, and now it becomes an anxiety based off of what you say or things like that. That's, yeah.
0: Yeah. And in your mind, right? If you don't have these major threats, because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have. Like when there's a real life or death threat. Mm-hmm um, I have, you know, had, um, I had high blood pressure in pregnancy. And so with our first, there was a question as to, um, him being able to survive if I had a seizure. Okay. So it's called preeclampsia and, um, hate that, but anyhow. (laughs) So in that real life or death moment, everything became clear for me Mm -hmm. when the doctor said, we have to make sure that, you you know, this swelling goes down or you could seize and the baby could die. I'm going, okay, I don't care about who said what over here. I don't care about anything else. All I care about is that my baby lives. I don't care if I go. I just want to make sure that, like, whatever the next step is, all of our priorities were in line. This is what we're doing. Baby is surviving. Right. That is it. And he's here. And, um, you know, and that's and that's God's grace. But that was also, like— clarity that this was a life or death issue for me and my child and the rest doesn't matter so when we're in pittsburgh right and we're not in those life or death situations what feels like life or death to us oh how do other people think about us yeah or you know what's how's this going to come across is this going to come across so i mean it's still that for survival but in the absence of actual life or death situations We can construct it. We're pretty creative people.
1: That's amazing. So uh, again, I'm, I'm, you know, the way that my mind's going and, and, you know, so suddenly because somebody is so protected because they're in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, who posts something about them on Instagram becomes the biggest thing in the world. And it's a huge thing. That's their big threat. Yeah. Or uh, who's going to be the next president? All of those things where, to your point, if you're in a real life, life or death situation, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It you just, don't
0: care about that. All you are is survival. Yeah.
1: And and I've um I've had a chance to do a, a lot of traveling, and I um I told the story before, but I was down in the Dominican Republic, and which is part of the island that Haiti is yeah, on, and, yeah. and um terrible poverty, terrible terrible poverty, and and people are really in situations where it's life. Am I going to eat today or yeah. not eat today? Um, and they have a tremendous amount of joy. And and even in the midst of that poverty, even in the midst of those life or death situations, and again, my personal feeling is that because of that, because they are in situations that are truly meaningful, everything else disappears, yeah. and and they're just they're just about that day, and how you know their happiness is true happiness is not fake, you know, yeah. oh, because I got thirty thousand likes on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, um, their pain is real pain. So um, I don't know. Do yeah, you have any?
0: They don't have the luxury yes. of, of, you know, I don't mind wandering from social media. Like, wow. You know, yeah. it, it's, just, it's just not in there. Because when you're under threat, you cannot kind of look at this extra stuff. Right. You have to be focused. And so, you know, I often say um, to myself, not to other people. <laughs> there are things I often say to other people. But, <laughs> but the, the thing that I tell myself is like, you know, if I'm obsessing about something too much, I am probably not um, busy enough doing the right stuff. Wow, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. like if I if I have time to be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting nervous about coming to Joe's podcast, then like you know, and I wasn't right. Because I'm like, okay, Joe's, uh, Joe's awesome. And this is going to be fun. And it's a great adventure. And I like hearing my voice in the mic. And so I, I, like, I reframed it to go like, this is just fun. You know, like if I were five years old, I would be like, Oh, how cool. Can I play with this mic? Like most of us do, you know, if you ever see a kid around a microphone, they're like, Oh my gosh. Well, over time, that type of thing gets stripped away from us, that joy and that purity. Because we live in a fallen world where everything is hard a lot of the time, you know, and I shouldn't say everything, it's not, but I mean, that is that kind of negativity bias where you go, okay, you know, am I really, this, this world can seem scary. And so when you can, again, pull back and go... Am I, you know, what is really happening here? Oh, I'm actually just kind of obsessing in my own thoughts right now. Let's go help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get out of it by being more productive. Let's go do that. So, you know, before I came in, I did uh, therapy notes. I checked my, you know, to-do list thoughts and everything. I was like, I'm going to intentionally act upon this because if I just sat around waiting to come in, I'd be like, okay, I'm going into a podcast. What am I going to say? Is it going to be stupid? <laughs> and i just i just kind of accepted the fact that i may say something stupid i may say something good i'm just going to go in there with a heart to serve and to connect with joe and give him whatever information he wants me to give him and we're going to be okay and i'm going to leave here today and i'm probably going to think that was a fun experience sure. and then move on probably post it on my social media you know but if people like it or they don't that that doesn't change anything it's just kind of okay you know and, and it's that self talk it's that adaptive thinking but you have to practice it over
1: time right i um so probably one of the worst experience and this is this is a crazy worst experience one of the worst experiences of my life was the hour before walking down the uh, the hallway of shark <laughs> tank cuz like you're I'll in bet. you're in your trailer yeah. and you have nothing else to do oh, other yeah. than obsess yeah. about what is coming and and yep. i oh my goodness yeah, but but that's exactly it i didn't have anything that could keep my Keep my mind off of what was and that was your threat. inevitable. Yeah, um, that
0: was your threat at the moment. You were yeah. like going down death row at the. You yes, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So your system was like, oh, we can't pay attention to these things. Uh, we yeah. gotta pay attention. To what's going to happen? You right, know? you're trying to protect yourself.
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. So one of the things you know, as we're we're trying to express how important having an excep- exceptional life is to to our listeners and our yeah. friends and family and stuff like that. One of the things that seems to get in the way. Is this anxiety about actually stepping out and doing something different? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the defense mechanisms that we have as people is if we just do what everybody else does, we'll be safe. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not trying to stand out. We're not putting mm-hmm. ourselves under scrutiny. We're not. It's just um, not as much fun. And it's definitely not as much fun. Uh-uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: What? So again, I know that there are people listening to this right now. They're like there's something great that I want to do. It's mm-hmm. in their minds. You know what I mean? They want to step out. They want to do something. What type of advice could you give them as they're, again, battling that self-talk, Yeah, you know, of I want to start a business or I want to, I want to do this for this charity, or yeah. I just want to, I want to go out and run a 5k and my, you know, I'm, 80 pounds overweight and there's no possible, my family's going to think I'm an idiot (laughs) to to say that that's one of my goals. So what what sort of, what sort of, um, advice can you give to them?
0: So, you know, I don't, do we have time for a little story? Okay. Okay. Um, so for me, right. I I remember like in high school, I had a desire to help people. Mm -hmm. I knew that. And I remember saying to, you know, my dad said, what do you want to do with your life? You know, like my senior year. And I'm like, I want to help people. And he was like, yeah, every good Christian kid says they want to help people. And I I really meant it like as a profession. Um, He thought I was just like, yeah, well, that's what I want to do. And that's nice. Um, And I did. And um, I went to school to start it uh, for behavioral science, which is like psychology, you know. And I realized, "Mm, this this isn't working for me right now. So I went into communications. Okay. Anyhow, that was a long time ago. So we're talking... 89. So that's like, you know, a long time ago. Um, (laughs) and so from that though, right. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that family was always a value of mine. It was always really a priority and important to me. And I knew that, um, I wanted other people to be able to have healthy, happy families. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't want people to emotionally hurt. Okay. So those were like my core things that I knew I was on the planet to do. Okay. Now, I remember after my, my kids were born, you know, going, I went to school for all of this. Um, you know, I didn't do the behavioral science. I, I ended up making communications my major. And so it's like, I like writing because of communications. I'll write about family. And then I learned you have to have a platform so that people will want to read what you wrote. Mm-hmm. Like what gives me credibility? And I thought, well, because I know that I love family and I know this is how I believe in the Swish. Do shoot like that like if I want to ever have a book or I ever want to be known, like this isn't enough. Like it's, I need another skill and another step. Okay. So the reason I'm telling you all this is not to go on a long winded story, but to say that I am now here sitting, talking with you in the process of writing books, which I'm like need to intentionally make more time for, mm-hmm. but I didn't get here quickly. I got here over the last 22 years. It sure. took me 13 years to get my counseling license because my priority was my family right. ironically right oh family's important to me that's where i homeschooled that's where mm-hmm. i spent my time that's where and then they got older and they needed me not as much presently but they needed my finances and my car and you know all yeah, that sure. so i said okay this is the time to focus on career right, right? but all of it was that's thread so the thread being don't look at it as if gosh i want to run that 5k but i'm 80 pounds overweight like you're doing that 5K today. it's It could be a 20-year process for that 5K. I hope not. That's a right. long time for a 5K. But, you know, it can be a big process. So what you want to do is know that end in mind
1: mm-hmm.
0: and do the first step. So the first step for me was taking a master's degree statistics class, and I stink at math, <laughs> right? <laughs> I failed my first test, even though I thought I was prepared. And I okay, I failed. Now what? And my husband and I went out to dinner And I said, I don't want to waste graduate school money if I'm going to fail out. And then I said, No, I know I'm supposed to do this. So I went ahead and said, All right, it's only this amount for one class. If I fail out, I just won't. I'm just going to do my best. And I got to see. Statistics is not going to ever be my area. (laughs) And I'm not a failure because of that. I'm not a math person. That's okay. You know, other people are math people, and I'm grateful for that. But moving on to the next thing was, okay. I passed the statistics class. Okay. I went into my first counseling class. Did real well in that. Did another counseling class. And I did this painstakingly. Like each semester, only one or two courses. What should have been a two-year program was a four-year program. Right. And then my licensure, it's 3,000 hours after you graduate. It took me 10 years because I didn't start the clock on the 3,000 hours because I didn't want to take time away from the family. So that 5K, it's that type of thing. It's, you know, okay, okay. I might tell them, I want to do a 5K. Or maybe I don't tell them. Maybe I just know for myself. Maybe I just tell them, hey, I'm going out for a walk for five minutes this morning. Right. Okay. Hey, could you get me more salad when you go to the store? I mean, you know, whatever that is, break it down into those small intentional things. Do that well. Focus intentionally on that one thing that you can do well. Then take the next step. It. Anybody that looks like an overnight success, like I've heard your story, you know, you were in the garage for years <laughs> working, working on the flex screen. You didn't just go, oh, hey, here's the screen. Let me go on Shark Tank. It just doesn't happen. So w- people have unrealistic expectations. They think they can have it all now or they can't have it ever. All or nothing thinking is another one of those self-talk Interesting. distortions. Right. It, it's not true. You can have a lot, but you have to n- not let yourself be derailed. Um, you know, you have to just know, okay, if I do this right action, then the next step is the next right action. And before you know it, you look back and you go, hey, that actually led somewhere.
1: Well, and one of the things that we talk about a lot is even if you have that 5k as the goal or whatever, whatever thing, whatever exceptional thing that yeah. you want to do, the journey along the way is, is life. Yeah. And so even if you never get to that 5k, at least you're you're moving in a direction and, and you're experiencing life.
0: Yeah, it's more fun than sitting on the couch, you know, regretting what you haven't done.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Netflix is is the enemy of. <laughs> I know,
0: but it's also good to right. So uh, downtime.
1: I'm not talking about downtime. Yeah. Yeah. See yes. that, and
0: that's it. That's it. I, and I wasn't, you know, suggesting that you were, but I. But that's that's it, right? We can people could hear you say that, and then they go, "Oh, you know, I can never do Netflix." That's that flexible thinking again. It's mm-hmm. not never. It's like Joe said, in downtime, right? right. I, I, It's it's intentional. Intentional is really a key word.
1: Wow. Well, I have to tell you, I have gotten so much out of this. Stuff. <laughs> you, We need to do this again. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. I'm sorry
0: if it was too much. I no, I, this is I get fa- passionate. It's fantastic. When, well, there's your word. You're, you're one of the five oh, words. Yes. I get yeah. passionate and I yeah. babble on.
1: And and it's so great to be around passionate people. Uh, you know, I, I know, um, and I, I want to, uh, have our listeners you know be able to get some more information about you so i yeah. want to talk about that for in, in a minute but yeah. but you and your husband are passionate about people living healthy lives yeah um, mental health spiritual health um you know families oh, that, that that get yeah. repaired through through the work that you do with them yeah and i love being around passionate people it's it's, <laughs> it's so important yeah it uh, is you know it you, you have to have something that is driving that, you. that drives you yeah. yeah yeah and and if if my children have something that they're passionate about, whatever that thing is, I don't exactly. care what it is, if they have something that they're passionate and our and our listeners, they have something that they're passionate about and they can live for, yeah, that is a success. That exactly. is a successful life as far as I'm concerned.
0: That's absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because you're never going to regret going after who you are. Right. Who you're made to be is like the gift to the planet. So, you know, it just it, playing like reservedly and thinking you can't do it is actually kind of selfish. And that's what Ooh, helped that's me. Good. That's what wow. helped me get out of my shell. Um because I remember there I had a job early on where I was um, a director of public relations so I had to go speak at different places and try to, mm-hmm. and I would like not be able to sleep the night before or my voice would shake or whatever. And um so I'm like that job's not for me. And so several years later I got asked to speak and I was like yeah. Right. You know, I'm stuck with this again. My voice might shake. And I realized, wait a minute, if I've been asked to speak, there's something that I'm supposed to talk about. I am being selfish to only focus on, gosh, my voice might shake, rather than how can I help somebody else? And when I tie that into my core purpose, my core being of, I'm here on the planet to help people and help them not be hurt and, you know, to heal when I tied it into my core purpose, that went away because it wasn't self-focused. It was others focused and it tied into who I'm made to be. And so the nervousness went away. It didn't go over away overnight. My voice shook a lot more every now and then I'm sure it could. But I mean, like I said, I didn't lose sleep last night about this. I was like, this could be fun, but it took steps to get here. And it took the focus off of me and my insecurity to where it really should be, which is, hey, I just want to go and, you know, whatever Joe wants to talk about, I want to give him a good podcast and whoever's listening, I hope something helps them because, you know, we all get information from somewhere and sure. a lot of people have helped me uh, by having reframed mindsets. So, you know, if I can help somebody else, cool, you
1: know. Well, I, I have to tell you that point right there changed some something in me because I, I do think that a lot of times when we think about having an exceptional life, we think that that is selfish. Yeah. That, that, you know, I want to do this for me, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is if you, are, if you are not allowing the world to take part in your exceptionalness, yeah, yeah. then you're actually robbing the rest of us of something great. Exactly. That exactly. is amazing. That yeah. is so great.
0: Yeah, and, and so who are, who are we to stand in the way of who we've been made to be? Wow. You know, because that's that's just selfish. And, and then everybody's miserable. <laughs> I'd rather everybody, you know, just we all get along. And it's not a competition, you know. It's like, you know, they, they have that saying of, you know, uh, I forget, like a rising tide lifts all ships or yeah, something like that. one of my right? favorites. Yeah, right? yeah. And so it's just, you know, it's like it's not a competition. Like, you know, if I can help you, you can help me, they can help each other. And it's not I don't do it for help or you don't do it for, you know, to get that help back. It's just hate. We're just all in this life together. None of us gets out of life. We're just like, let's just do something special with it. You right. know, we're all unique and it can be fun.
1: That's awesome. Well, you have been, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> we it's will so- definitely have to do this again. I'd love but that. Tell, um, tell all of our listeners where they can find you and find more information.
0: Okay. So um, if they want to get a hold of me, it's Michelle at abundant.com. With a T. Um, ab- abundant uh, Freedom Counseling. I wouldn't say life. Uh, abundant life is like m- one of my passions yeah. there. Abundant Freedom Counseling is my business. So it's Michelle at AbundantFreedomCounseling.com.
1: And is that uh, is is that your website abundant? that's
0: my that's my website yeah and uh, but the, uh, abundant freedom counseling is my website and then Michelle at is the g- uh, the uh, email address and then there's also a Gmail address for marriage guy and gal which is marriage guy and gal gmail.com
1: marriage guy and gal so you do um, again just so that everybody understands you guys do some marriage counseling we do marriage um,
0: counseling marriage coaching pre-marriage prep and marriage classes
1: and then also and seminars <laughs> and, and you're busy it's, but th- but then you also do individual yeah. counseling as well and coaching yeah and like that
0: exactly like clinical professional counseling as well as life coaching
1: Wow so, yeah well thank you so much yeah. for for being here and sharing what you're passionate about yeah, and sharing welcome. you know giving us some some strategies to be healthier yeah and um, Wow I wish you guys the best and, and if there's you know, you know I, I hope that everybody reaches out to you because I, I am convinced that mental health is one of the things that will help us live an exceptional life yeah yeah so well thank you so much for for listening and and i hope that i hope that you got something great out of what michelle was saying and i i also hope that you strive to to live an exceptional life because guess what an ordinary one will always be late be waiting for you so have a great week we love you and we'll see you next week